Yes, what is cracking, y'all? Welcome to The Chosen Ones. I'm your host, Joseph Richard Powell. I will be interviewing incredible human beings who are making an impact, living a life they love, and are hella good at what they do. From base camp to the peak of success, we are closing the gap between life barely lived to life on fire. Let's go. Okay, we have April May Belia in the building today, and I am very excited. I'm going to tell you, April, why I wanted to invite you on the podcast, and I should also tell our, our loyal early listeners, of course, as well. I was wanting to find some local, I thought I would start local with this venture of meeting some entrepreneurs in in the world and and nearby where I am to find out what's going on, who they are, what they're up to, and how they've created such incredible things. And whether it's a business, whether it's a product, and you were actually one of the first names that uh, I had come across where I thought, huh. And the reason for that was you were the creator of Granola Girl, which is my favorite cereal. And we were joking the other day because I sent you I have four bags of granola in my cupboard, but all of them except yours because I didn't eat the ones I didn't like and I only ate yours. And I wish I had like the empty bag to prove that. But you're like, this guy is such a joker. He's got every kind but mine. So anyways, that was the original. I thought thought April would be the perfect person to have have on and and I invited you. And then I wanted to prepare for the conversation and I wanted to learn a little bit more about you. And then as I started diving deeper and deeper and, and creeping you on Google and social media, and we were chatting about the lottery and all that good stuff on, on Facebook, uh, I started to learn. It was quite actually quite a bit of a rabbit hole to learn about everything that you're actually up to aside from that one product. So originally I thought we were talking, you know, I had didn't even eat breakfast yet because I thought we were talking cereal all day, but actually that's probably just going to be a uh, one small part of the conversation. So People probably listen to this because they don't want to hear me the whole time. They want to hear what our guests have to say. So I want to start just by, tell us about you, if you want. Tell us about Granola Girl. And even more importantly, uh, I know that that's not the most recent thing. And then tell me what you're actually currently up to today. And then we're going to go, we'll time travel back from there a little bit. (laughs) Thanks so much uh, for the introduction, Joe. And you're right. Um, my life kind of is a rabbit hole. And, you know, you might just scratch the surface, but there's a lot more as you uncover another layer. There's another layer. And that's really, you know, the complexity of everyone's life, right? We have these labels and titles and things that we're known for right off the bat. But I really believe everyone has a story and everyone has like a compelling story to tell, to share that we all can learn from. So now currently my title is intuitive life purpose coach and spiritual guide. And that is a title that even though, you know, in my heart, I carried that title for many years, I could not come out with it. I could not talk about it as openly as I'm talking about it now. And so I guess maybe I hid behind this persona of being the founder of Granola Girl, being an entrepreneur, being a local woman in business. And 
a lot of my community when I started Granola Girl was based on that. It was like, what was my identity and who could people relate to? And no one can really relate to like, what is even a spiritual guide? What is a life purpose coach? And I wasn't solid and clear enough in knowing exactly how I could present myself, which essentially is really the core of who I am um, in a way that other people could accept it, hear it and not have any judgment about it. Either that or I just didn't care what people thought anymore. A hundred percent. And I can so relate to not not creating an incredible product like you did, but just what you're telling me in terms of essentially the labeling, I think that goes on to, and that begins with calling yourself a coach. You know, there was a lot of, in the early days, I did not even like the, the term coach. And I, you know, being a life coach, I didn't like calling myself that. And there was a, I talk, I've talked about on a couple episodes so far when I got, when I was early in my journey, I also worked with entrepreneurs. I also worked with coaches. And a lot of that was about niching down what their focus was. And you, you know, you, you know, all about that world of how brutal that can be of what's, you know, what's your niche, what's your why we need to be more specific. And I find what I've learned myself is what's important is like you're saying, what's inside of you that you want to be doing. And sometimes that's very hard to label, like to say like for what you do and, and me also being a purpose coach. So I love having that, you know, creating that collaboration and learning from you and learning from each other. And, you know, purpose is just such an important part of life. I think that's kind of this, you know, that's the starting line of, of making sure we're traveling in the direction we want to go. And just in my life being lost for so many years, but that, the labeling is very difficult because you're trying to express such an incredible thing of wanting to help people, wanting to make the world a better place. And it's, it usually comes from a feeling. And when you try to say, you put that on a title, like I'm the, you know, like a business name, it just, it's really difficult. I I learned that as well. Exactly. Because the title is pretty much putting yourself into a box and we don't always fit in a box or the box is square and we're a star. So how do you <laughs> fit that all into a pretty package that people get right off the bat? But what I'm interested in is, you know, planting a seed, maybe putting that title out there and having people get more curious and want to know more. Like, what does that mean exactly? Instead of just simply brushing it off or like, I don't know what that means. I'm just going to, you know, swipe. <laughs> yeah. But to understand that there's so much more depth than simply a title. For sure. And there's, a, like you said, a, a, there's a huge marketing component to it as well. If you want to be a successful coach and you say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a life coach or a mindset coach, we, need, we do need to give people some context of what, what is that or what, what do you do exactly? The word spiritual is a, is a very interesting word to me in the sense of, I have a very interesting background of small town, you know, iron worker, roofer, surfer dude, partier, that I'm the biggest skeptic when it comes to things like, or, or I once was coaching, spirituality, um, personal development, all of this stuff that I've just completely changed my life drastically where... When I hear those words, I'm my own worst critic, I should say, in the sense of, you know, who are you to say this and what is that? But in my journey... Your inner manly man is like so resistant. 100%. And I'm I'm beating him down and I'm becoming vulnerable (laughs) and it's a a beautiful place to be. But last year during the pandemic, 
Um, I'm in a mastermind and I've been talking about this because a couple of the girls in the, that I'm in the mastermind with, they're in a kind of a tough place right now in terms of figuring out what they want to do with their life and just not moving forward. They're kind of in a place of self-discovery. Stuck. They're just stuck. Yeah. And we just had a very interesting conversation because for me last year, for about four months, I was in that place of the first couple of years in coaching, I did well and I was successful, but it wasn't the, I was on a path that I knew I could travel, but it wasn't the one that was challenging me. So I kind of hit, I, I built all these things and I was doing well. And then I hit the wall and I, and I kind of broke down and I wanted to start from scratch. And it was a really hard four months, but it was, it, it helped me to gain the clarity that I have, like the, the extreme clarity that I have today of exactly what I'm doing. And that's a, such an incredible feeling, but there's a very messy aspect to, to figuring that out. And part of my a lot of people will say you have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. Ooh, right? I like it. But have you I'm, heard that yet? <laughs> no, but I I do love it. Um, yeah. Turn and, your mess into your message. There's so much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's all so true at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. But a big part of that journey for me for me last year was traveling the spiritual journey of not religion as as we know, and sometimes may, people may think that, but just personal discovery and learning about who I am and just unraveling that whole thing. So what a year ago, when I hear anything to do with spirituality, I would have looked at it with, you know, a certain perspective. Now it's, I thought it would be this kind of nice little fun journey you go down, but it's a vigorous, brutalizing path that, you know, ripped me open. And by the end of it, I didn't even know who I was anymore. And it, it's, it's very real, you know, the, the <laughs> shadow work and the, the awakening opposite of clarity, a hundred percent. And so I've really gained a new appreciation for that and people who travel that path. And it's just so incredible for us. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do specifically? And if you can, I want to challenge you to include the words Starseed in there because you brought those up to me in the chat and that is still a little bit new to me. I don't know if that's still included in what you do, but give us just a quick overview of, of what you do and maybe who who are your people that you're that you're looking for and and yeah and all that good stuff. Um, okay, so to explain, Starseed is not in my website. It's not in the marketing. It's kind of like a code word. And it's an Our Lady Peace song. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, old and old. I gotta listen to I think it. A Canadian band, yeah. But yeah, sorry. So I think when when I drop that star seed, you will either identify with it or it's just gonna go right over your head. And so maybe subconsciously, you know, if you go to my Facebook page, it says Serendipity Collective, but there's a picture of the galaxy in the background. I'm working on a workbook right now, like a guidebook. And again, I'm going to put galaxies in it. And Starseed to me is people who recognize that, you know, we are a soul. We're a soul that lasts forever. And we're created in the stars and we're made of stardust. And totally agree. um, Absolutely. Yeah. So when you have that understanding, you're like, you hear starseed and I'm like, I'm a starseed and I'm going to find out what that means. Ah, okay. That just brought the whole thing together for me. Yeah. So now you're curious and now you're going to go down another rabbit hole. And the more you read, (laughs) I'm done with rabbit hole. I (laughs) I can't even, sorry, Joe. (laughs) I know it's true. You're right. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so once you go there and you have this knowing, it it really just connects the dots, right? And and I don't want to use that loosely because you know you're going to hear terms like the universe has your back. Um, declare it to the universe. I, I have these models called the universal algorithm and how to co-create with the universe. Well, if you can accept and understand that you are a star seed flying on this giant rock in an infinite cosmic universe, then you will understand that the entire universe resides within you. You are not just, you know, a piece of skin on a giant rock traveling, but that the place that we're traveling is actually within us. So, and yeah, yeah. I love it. No, I, abs- <laughs> I absolutely love it. I agree with everything you're saying 100%. And one of the things I love about talking to people who may be even in a similar area as I am is how different our messages are and also how different people's audiences are. So, I mean, when I heard Starcy, I thought, you know, that's, it rings a bell to me. I want to learn more about it. But just the way that maybe I approach in my messaging with purpose and if it's about potential and performance and pushing forward as opposed to like, it's just so incredible to hear two different things. But I, I totally agree 100%. Like when you take everything down to the smallest level, it's all the same particle and it's what has created this universe and it's, it's what we are. And that oneness, you know, that concept of we are one, that's also really hard to grasp because it's so simple in its wording, but again, could mean so many different things for for different people. You know, people will say, we're all the same color inside, right? Diversity, inclusion, all things like that. But I'm like, if we're all made of stardust, then we all come from one place, which is vast and eternal yeah, and infinite. <laughs> so, Yeah. We can probably, uh, you and I could probably just sit here and geek out, like go down like the whole purpose (laughs) rabbit hole. But, you know, my thoughts are there is this thing in, and however you want to, you can take it on any level. I don't push spirituality or religion on anyone or how we got here or if there's a creator. I do say it is incredible how meticulously designed the universe is. Like you have to kind of question, even from a science-backed and mathematical perspective of just when you look at it, how beautifully designed the universe is that you have to kind of think we're here for a reason. Like if, you know, I'll use the analogy of when bees nearly went extinct, something so little have such a major impact that at the top of the food chain, we have to consider that we have a role here to play. And, you know, whatever that is, whoever put us here, you know, there's so many questions, but there must be something. And, I agree with like the meat suit term in a sense of I feel like we're all these whatever it might be let's say like stardust or or starseed like just something and it's very free but some people might listen to this and be totally off the rails they're, they get a little bit of everything on this podcast so I hope they're open minded yeah, they're going to unsubscribe at this point yeah, but but cares? I think um there's a reason why there's a certain amount of us who have been contained within a body and if you are this shape of stardust or star form, you can't communicate. You can't talk to other people. You can't yeah. You can't physically do anything. So I feel like there's some aspect of there's a reason why we've been contained into this uniform that gives us an ability to move and to talk to other people and create and speak 
And the whole secret is what, speak why the human is that? language. Speak the human yeah. language and what are we doing, you know, and figuring that out, which well, is, It's yeah. kind of like Jesus, okay? And I know we're not bringing religion into this <laughs> and this is taking on a whole other tangent, but it's like, if Jesus is the form of God, how could people relate to him if he was on earth as God? He had to take the form of human so that people would listen and connect and understand and he would have to go through the same kind of suffering that other humans did. Otherwise, no one would listen or people would think he was crazy. So um, I also want to say, you know, in using this this kind of terminology, we're really weeding out the people who just don't subscribe, right? Like, if you don't get it, you're not someone that I want to work with Mm -hmm. because I am interested in working with people who are open, who are, you know, waking up, who are going down this path without having to start from the beginning, or mm-hmm. without having to get them to that level, there's already got to be this this opening. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that I want to work with. You show up when they're ready. Yep. No, that makes yeah. total sense. The um, student is ready. The teacher appears. Yeah, that is, that is one I know. Conversely. That, yeah. Right? The teacher is ready when the student appears. When people started asking me more questions, I was like, oh, could I teach this? Could I mentor someone? Could I be their guide if they're enter? I call it like, you know, someone is entering a haunted house and they have no idea what's going to come up around the corner. It could be scary. They, they, they're they going to be surprised or like shocked. Mm-hmm. But when there's a guide there who's been through that, who can hold their hand and say, okay, heads up, this is going to be coming up. It's going to be painful. It could be scary, but I'm going to be right here with you. Mm-hmm. So then that haunted house is not as scary as they originally thought. Right. It's, uh, I'm just laughing in my head right now. My, I, I'm, I'm making a few jokes in the earlier podcast that the listeners are going to be my mom and my sister. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we went to a, and I, I'll not, I, my sister makes, fun, both of my mom and my sister make fun of me about this every time I see them. We went to a, Niagara Falls has like the scariest haunted houses and they'll take photos of you without you knowing about it. And there's a photo where I'm literally on the back of my sister and my mom, like just like by far the scariest person in there. So every time I hear haunted house, I, I think of that, which is and you a great were memory. five years old, right? Or no, this, this was, was six, like six months ago. Years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're hiding behind them. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm on, I'm on top of them. Yeah. So, um, that's yeah. I love that journey. I love that direction, and we could we could go down that whole, you know down that path for for four hours here. But I want to learn a little bit more about business. yeah about you, and also about how we end up here and at this part of your journey. And I want to share. I understand what you're saying in terms of identifying with the Granola Girl product, for example. But it really is such an incredible accomplishment at the same time, and it just shows that you know what you're doing in that world to help entrepreneurs and help people from there. But I know there's a lot of people listening to this who probably are entrepreneurs and want to start a product. And part of my goal with this podcast is to connect the dots from being that successful person who has accomplished it to letting them relate to who the person is that we are all normal human beings that just, for whatever reason, we're able to make it work. And I want to inspire others to see what that journey looks like. So my goal, if we can travel the direction of we're all going to hop in a time machine here, all of our my 35,000 listeners and the two of us, and close the door behind us. And we're going to go back, give us a quick overview. Let's run the timeline of, tell us a little bit about you and how you 
turned into this human being that has, you know, accomplished such incredible things. And then I'm going to bug you a little bit about the transition out of Granola Girl and into this new direction you're in. But just tell, give us a backstory about the whole thing. Of how Granola Girl started? Even just how you started. Or before that. How okay. you started. Yeah. Okay. In a, in a nutshell, this might take a bit of time, but I'll condense it. Sure. Um, so when I was little, my parents owned the first Filipino bake shop in Vancouver named after me, April's oh. Bakery. Okay, interesting. And so when I came home from kindergarten, I was at the bake shop um, riding my roller skates around the block. This was basically where I was raised. And it was a family-run business. My mom had her sister and her mom as the bakers, and my mom and dad were like the business people. They were the entrepreneurs. And the seed became planted in me, like in hindsight, as a as a hub where if new Filipinos came to Vancouver and immigrated here, they would immediately search for what was familiar to them, which is like the Filipino pastries and food that my family would cook. So they created a community. All of my playmates ended up being the kids of the customers who came there. And my parents connected with other Filipinos because you know, this just seemed a place that was familiar. They enjoyed each other's company. They had the same backstory of their journey to Canada. So I was the first person in the family to be born in Canada. And that business only lasted a few years because my grandmother passed away and my mom couldn't like run the business anymore. And she just, she was an accountant and I saw like, eventually she she was a miserable accountant working for larger companies and she became an entrepreneur in the travel industry and they sold everything moved to the philippines my mom was like the pioneer and innovator for bringing in luxury travel on cruise ships to the high society filipinos who were craving for luxury travel experiences wow a visionary yeah, definitely. Right. Like they, she had absolutely no competition. Um, she was just killing it, made amazing connections, relationships and friendships. In the meantime, I was missing my family because I stayed here to finish um, college and university. So I moved to the Philippines and eventually, you know, I was the Canadian living in the Philippines, treated like royalty, VIP everywhere. It was just like super, super fun when you're in your 20s. But then as I outgrew that, I moved back to Vancouver because this genuinely is my home and I will probably live here till the day I die. And when I came here, it was time to, you know, go back to that programming where you finish school, you get a job, you get married and you have kids. So that was my timeline. And that was really all that I knew. Now I'm looking at, you know, women in their 20s and 30s who are like postponing that timeline to start on their careers or to get stable in their careers and their jobs and be independent. And for me, I just felt I don't think that was an option. But anyways, I did get married very soon after I arrived, met my husband, had three kids right away, like back to back, three kids in four years before I was 30. And 
I w- it was also the time when um, maternity leave in Vancouver was extended to one year. So can you imagine a mom being at home for one year with her kids? Like, how likely are we to go back to work? Not very likely. So this is a time to dream, to create, to figure out how can I create an income and still be at home with my family? So I started baking wedding cakes and I thought, you know, this is something that I'm good at and this is something I love. So I created a home-based wedding cake business, which evolved into a more healthy everyday product. I'm just going to put a, a footnote here. Something, yeah. something I love and something I good, I'm good at. Yes. Cause I just made, I just talked about that, you know, in purpose of the two of the defining factors of, you know, figuring out what you want to do is what, what are your gifts and what do you enjoy doing? So sorry, I just had to. No, put a, exactly. put a highlight on that. That is definitely two questions you want to ask when you're going to create something, right? And that's those are the first two steps to, um, you know, find your ikigai, like the art of being. So when you can merge those two, that the intersection of those is beginning to find your purpose. You know, the next level would be what does the world need and what can I get paid for? But at this point, I was just a creative person at home raising kids who wanted to make a little extra cash. And I did it and I met amazing entrepreneurs and other community members in the wedding industry through the creation of my cakes, which I did for 12 years. And then I just feel like I outgrew that. And, um, you know, there was a lot more competition in the wedding industry, in the wedding cake industry. There was a lot more bigger, better talent out there that I didn't actually want to compete with. So I said, what else can I do? You know, I'm such a foodie. I create food at home. I share it with my friends and they're like, hey, you should turn this into a business and you should sell it at the grocery stores. So I went with that. My friend gave me a name. She's like, yeah, you should call yourself Granola Girl. Like these are all very unstrategic. This (laughs) is just organic conversations that you're having with people who love and care about you and plant ideas. This is but and this is exactly why I love this conversation. First of all, just to be able to to hear your story, like knowing mm-hmm. I don't know you and granola I know I know this product, but to hear the whole backstory is always I'm always like I just <laughs> fall in love with with that with with every person I talk to. But also just the whole point of this of this show of exactly this of you telling me that it doesn't have to be this whole thing necessarily where yeah. I, since the day I was born, I was going to be granola girl. Like, <laughs> no. but yeah, it's, I just love hearing so many different ways people get to where they want to go. So sorry, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm all in here on this story. So keep going. Yeah, no. So for me, it is important for people to know that it was an organic evolution. Like I didn't go to school thinking I'm going to be an entrepreneur Like entrepreneurship found me based on the circumstances I was in, you Mm -hmm. know, it was the timing of everything. It wasn't, you know, I, I didn't do an MBA. I didn't have a business plan. I just like did it and I learned along the way. And if people think, you know, whether that's smart or not, um, you know, I, I see the phases of business and what is being taught out there in schools And all the students, like I talked to a lot of high school students and college students, and they're like, what are the four steps of building a business? And I'm like, well, it's not going to be a cookie cutter four steps for everybody. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's 4,000 steps to creating a logo. Yeah, exactly. Where do you need help? I don't, and I don't, I want to, I want to, 
sometimes I, I say something and then my brain catches up a few minutes later and I feel like I want to go back and correct that. And I, would, I just want to say, and I don't think I gave this impression, but just to, to clarify, I don't want to discredit the direct, like the, the, the way that you did what you did, especially in the sense of, um, I spoke about my sister once already, but she, I have two young nephews. I think they're going to yell at me if I don't get the, get the age right. I think nine, I want to say nine and six. And she's an entrepreneur yeah. and she's in, in, the, in the same type of world as what we do with, with working with people. And raising children, raising young, you know, she has two, two young boys. And to see that, it is five full-time jobs. You do not mm-hmm. get 10 seconds of, of your own time. And it's just seeing that, it, it's so incredible. So the fact that people like you and people like her and, and anyone who you know, you kind of say, well, I'm not working and I'm at home, but I know what that involves. That's yeah. not just you're hanging out on the co- couch. Yeah. You're, you're working. <laughs> I'm not eating five- bonbons. <laughs> yeah. And to, to take that and turn it into creating, to inventing this product is just, I just want to say is such an incredible accomplishment, especially on top to do that on your own, let alone doing that in the process that you were going through at that time in your life is just really is incredible. Okay, and and I have to add to this because this is giving props to all mothers out there, right? It was a huge struggle and I had to get help and I was supported by family and there was a day that I woke up and I thought, I'm not just a mom, you know, I'm a creative individual with an identity and I need to connect with other people who can fill that cup of mine Oh wow. because as much as I loved being a mom and I was great at being a mom, it wasn't the whole of who I am there. I'm, I'm like thinking what, you know, one day I woke up and I'm like, is this all there is to my life? Yeah. Because if it is, I'm not happy. Right. I need a creative outlet. I need to connect with other people. And this is the, instigator for why I created a business because I was craving connection more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, and the connection I was looking for was not with other moms to talk about their kids. <laughs> yeah. <You> it's, <laughs> that's incredible self-awareness for sure. And also to, to take action on that because that is the feeling most people have. But for you to yeah. say, you know what, I am going to travel this path and I need this in my life. And I deserve it and to be that person because a lot of people and I'm sure we share the same passion of wanting to help people to discover their purpose and and essentially it's about loving their life. So you are a great Mm -hmm. advocate of saying, you know, maybe I was in a place and I wanted to live a better life and you took that upon yourself and you and you did that. Because there's Without the reason I'm, feeling the guilt and shame of what you already have. Yeah. Right? Like it's it it sounds selfish to want more, mm-hmm. but it's actually not. Yeah. Because there will be a penalty if you don't listen to that voice inside that says, I do want more. And you know, why should I feel bad about it? Yeah. It's yeah, in, in this day and age to to be the mother and to be raising the children. And if the father, if there, if there's a father involved and he's working that it shouldn't necessarily be that the mother has to sacrifice their goals by any means. Um, And, you know, my husband is an amazing dad and he was fully supportive. Um, He didn't just like leave the task to me. In fact, 
he picked up a lot of the uh, duties when I was in my low points. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went through postpartum depression. I didn't have the energy to do take care of myself, let alone the family. And he really stepped up. So again, there's not many people who have that situation, but yeah, I just don't want to say or take all the credit for it for sure. Yeah. It's uh, without anything in life, we learn that it's whether we even Mm -hmm. see it at the, there's something guiding us and helping us. And there, there are people involved, but you know, support, it's not a one person show. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah, there's something just speaking to me in a, in a huge number in that of working with other mothers who have that drive and that creativity and that hunger. Like there's just, I don't know if you work with a lot of, lot of mothers or even just, you know, younger women who are at that phase, because I, I totally relate to where you're at, but to be someone who has lived it and went through it, that's what, you know, that's the most powerful coach is someone who's been there and, you know, let me show you how, and, and not just the beautiful stuff, the whole process. But this is why they have awards for mompreneurs, right? To recognize that we're not like just entrepreneurs. We're literally in a category of our own. 100%. Because we we understand and you understand that there's a lot more to just, you know, building a business and all of the behind the scenes things that go on. Because people are like, I don't even have kids and I feel overwhelmed. Well, and, that's, or, or people will be like, I have one kid and I'm like, I had three kids that's, and, and that, it wasn't easy. That's my perspective of I'm I'm a selfish human being. I live by myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm like no relationship, no children. And I work and my business requires me to still work with all my free time or, or the four businesses that, I, that I'm running is yeah. I, I still don't have enough time. So I don't see, I don't, I can't even touch the the world of, of, you know, of that world. That's why I, I, I'm, I would never be the guy who says I can coach you in this area because as much as I can appreciate it, I can't, I can't truly ever understand it. But I do know just being an entrepreneur, how much time and how hard that is for me to add any other element in my life would be, I wouldn't be able to do it. So the people who are doing that and accomplishing it are way are way stronger and entrepreneurial than I ever am, would be for sure. And okay, like we can just layer upon layer this, but but even if, you know, you are an individual with 10 businesses or a mom with one kid or no kids or a single person, I want people to know that there's always time to do the things that need to get done. And so whether you're balancing your day, you know, I agree with you. There isn't enough time in the day. It's like one day should be 72 hours so that we could do everything we do. But I'm like, well, tomorrow's another day. And what can you put off for tomorrow that you can kind of delegate or doesn't need to be done today or right now or yesterday? Yeah, I've been I've been thinking a lot on that concept as well. You know, of course, on one side of it, there's not enough hours in the day. But on the other side, if you are productive for two hours, sometimes that is enough. So, you know, we use that as an excuse a lot of times, but if you are organized and you're productive and you do, you set it and it's a priority, like you said, that's by far the most important. Like we do what we want to do. We always find time for that. Mm. So I totally agree. I think the, I I actually think the concept of never having enough time, I think we use that as an excuse a lot of times, (laughs) but I'm not going to go there with mothers because I see that. And that is, you know, having children hanging on your leg and, I want this. I want, I get it. So anyways, to move forward a little bit here, I don't know if I actually missed this part, 
What was the transition from cakes to granola? Mm-hmm. So cakes is obviously like weddings are seasonal. You know, they happen mostly in summertime and on weekends. And as my kids were growing up, um, they were going to school full time. And all I had with them was evenings and weekends. And summertime was for holidays. And I was like, you know, that's kind of my busiest time. So we wouldn't really go on long extended holidays because that would be my wedding season. And I felt like I was going to start missing out on the family fun and the family activities if I continued down this path. And I really feel it just had run its course. So my next thought was, what can I create so that my work day ends at three? I can pick up my kids, go home and make dinner and spend time with my family in the evenings instead of meeting with um, wedding clients in the evenings. Right. Mm -hmm. Like my home was the place where they came and I didn't want to use my home as that meeting place anymore um, because it was family time. So I had the granola, you know, in the back pocket and I was like, why don't we explore this? So I don't. So how did you have it in the back? Like, is it like so if I understand correctly, you are great at baking cakes and that was the job. Right. And that was the business. So what am I good at? (laughs) So but how like. Did you do you also make granola or is this a no, whole no, different? No, no, no. There's a, yeah. there's a whole other story around this. Okay. So at the time, um, I was seeing a personal trainer who was teaching me about healthier eating and reducing sugar and um, having more wholesome foods. And superfoods was at that time the buzzword. So he goes hey, you're the best baker I know. I want to challenge you to create like an amazing post-workout snack or bar using hemp hearts and goji berries. Oh, wow. You know, and at that time, like nobody knew what hemp hemp hearts were. And he's like, there's more protein in hemp hearts than like a hamburger or a steak and more omega-3s. And, you know, this is what people should be eating every day. And it wasn't even easily accessible. And goji berries, they were like, you know, more vitamin C than and antioxidants than cranberries. Like this is the new super fruit. So the recipe was based on that. And there's a lot of trial and error. And I succeeded, but I didn't succeed in making a bar because he was like, oh, why don't you make it portable so we can bring it? And I go, yeah, but a bar takes more sugar and that's going to make it stick. And we don't want to increase the sugar. So I said, look, at the end of the day, we're ending up with this cereal, which is delicious. So why don't we just eat it like cereal out of the bowl with milk? And of course, um, we used almond milk. And that was, again, another up and coming, you know, mainstream beverage now. Like you can't go to a cafe without having almond milk available. But remember the time when like you didn't even have that option? So we were onto something and lo and behold, the cereal that I created happened to be vegan, but did not make it vegan on purpose. <laughs> and again, vegan products were on the rise. Yeah. People, a lot of people didn't even know what <laughs> being vegan was. And a lot of it is, uh, you know, the stars aligning in ways and things having your back as you go through the, it's not all yeah. always planned out. Like I've had successful ventures I like yeah. there's multiple Timing. yeah and just even for myself stumbling into some success stories not all the time you know and the mm. persistence and the motivation is huge and that's you know not stopping after the first obstacle but there are a lot of things when you get on the right path that are going to help you 
you know, that, that do have, the universe has your back, so, so to speak totally. sometimes, but yeah. Okay. Totally. I didn't know if you were like baking granola on the side and then you were like, so this to me is, this is a, like you are, it's funny. So I saw your website and you call yourself a serial entrepreneur, which is, <laughs> oh, I, I LOL'd out loud. Um, but it's true because it, you went from yeah. starting that business and this was a whole different business. This isn't what you weren't just mm-hmm. doing this already. This is like, no, I'm creating this, this new brand. And it's a whole other industry, even though it's food, it's like the grocery industry is completely different, different people. And I have to ask this because I've never created a product, but what's that feeling like when you are, you go through the grocery store and your stuff's on the shelf and it's like, you know, or, or when you, they let you, you get that call and like, Hey, we're putting you in stores. Like, was that a whole roller coaster was is it not as exciting as as you might think or? Oh, it's the best feeling in the world it, like I recently re-watched that movie that thing you do that Tom Hanks movie oh I haven't and, seen it I can see your face light up though when I ask you that question <laughs> yeah so in in the movie these these kids made a song and then the song was played on the radio and they literally like ran down the street screaming, trying to find the other band members like the the song is on. Right. And and that's the feeling. It's like I would go to the grocery store and I would take pictures because it was on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Like it was proof that this was it. You like, made it. Yeah. 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 And, and I didn't care that it didn't explode into like, you know, a thousand stores. I was like, it was in one store and that was enough. Like yeah. that was so cool. And then the second turning point for the business was when I received a call from the head office of Save on Foods and they said, we listen to our customers and we have received requests for your product in our stores. Ah. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. I didn't even have to approach them. Yeah. I was that's like, that's when that you know you made it. So far ahead of me. Yeah. I'm like, how what is it gonna take to get there? So um yeah, I was just doing what I was doing, getting into one store at a time, and um yeah, yeah, I got the call. Incredible. So okay, now let's I wanna get into this here because this is the good stuff. You've done this. Here you are, you've created Granola girl, you're on this incredible thing. And I'm going to put this out there for the listeners because I've been talking a little bit about this and I want to see if they can start. I'm going to, I'm going to quiz you on it and I'm going to, it's going to continue the conversation, but I want to perk the ears of the listeners in the sense of remembering from past episodes what the, the final piece of the equation is. And I feel like April's going to be talking about that here. And I'll explain to you exactly what I'm what, what I'm saying here after I hear your response, but I'm curious if we go down this path. But here you are, incredible story up till now. You've created this product, this, this awesome product. You, you know, we made it. We're in the grocery store. Sky's the limit. We're on top of the world. Fast forwarding to today, there's almost a couple of very incredible, you're, you're, an, you're a very interesting human being that there's almost two podcasts here of the whole <laughs> Granola Girl story which yeah. is to me is a success story, but I think there's an even more interesting success story that goes from Granola Girl to where you are today in serving people. And not that Granola Girl wasn't helping people as being a healthy food, but mm. what happened there in that transition, in that fork in the road where you said, what's the next step and, and how did it become something that's geared towards serving other people? Mm-hmm. So on the bag of granola, 
uh, have it right here. Let's see. Give us a <laughs> close can, up. Yeah, yeah. You can read the story. Ah. Um, it says on the back, there's a whole lot of love inside and food for your soul. Okay. So in one sense, I was nourishing, I was providing nourishment for people uh, through food. And that has become a trend, right? Now, how can I nourish people through my knowledge, through my experience? How can I be the catalyst to help them cross over that bridge where they feel stuck on one side and don't know how to get to the other side? And I want to hold their hand and be their guide and reassure them that they're going to be okay no matter what happens, whether they succeed, whether they fail, whether they come up against walls or hurdles or crash and burn, it's still going to be okay because that's part of learning. But if you want to be stuck on the other side and don't want to cross over, then fine, stay there. Be happy, be comfortable, be stuck because that is serving you as well. Mm -hmm. So the direction of just wanting to serve people and wanting to do this and help them cross this bridge, where does that come from? Is there, is there something inside of you that just says this? Is, like Sometimes I look at coaching and serving others. <laughs> yeah. Part of it's selfish because you, I think that that's the secret to happiness and fulfillment is serving others. So you, you can be totally selfish in the sense of, I want to feel better about myself. I want to be happy, so I'm going to serve others. Other people I talk to, they say there's something inside of me that just knows that this is I'm supposed to be helping other people. Like, where do, is there a feeling there? Like, where does that come from of of you being going in this direction like that, as opposed to like, let's say creating another a product. Like, let's say a you know I yeah. created Granola Girl. Now I'm going to go create clothing. You know, like why this way, I guess, so to speak. And I, I can tell with your answer, it's already written on the bag with Granola Girl that you're passionate about and probably part of the reason why you why you created Granola Girl. So you do give some hints there, but just trying to feel like where is that coming from, that, that amazing feeling of helping others? Okay, so there's, there's a few um, points to make on this. Um, if I know myself well... <laughs> And I take a myriad of personality tests that explain why I am who I am and how I express myself. The Enneagram, if you're familiar with that, Enneagram calls me the enthusiast. So naturally, nobody is telling me you need to like promote this. If I experience this, you know, amazing water bottle, I will go to the mountaintops and tell everyone, you need to try this. And I've had a great experience with this and I'm going to share my experience. But if I don't share it with you, you're going to miss out, Joe. If you don't go buy this water bottle today, there is something missing in your life. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is how enthusiastic I get about things that I love. I have to share it with other people. So if I create a good product, I'm not ramming it down your throat to buy it. I'm saying, hey, this is what I created. You might like it. How about try it? And then they do because I feel convincing and they mm -hmm. can feel that I truly love it and I'm not just giving airtime. Mm -hmm. So 
that is part of my personality, which helped me understand, like, why can't I just, you know, eat something and not talk about it? Why don't I just keep it to myself? You know, I don't have to share this. I don't have to, like, tell everyone about it. But it did get to the point where people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like really intense energy there right now. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I don't calm down energy. a little. Yeah, I can we are, We're that. talking about a water bottle. Like this is not, you know, <laughs> um, nuclear science here that you've just discovered. So, so yeah, I guess I got naturally enthusiastic. And, you know, that's kind of a trait of, of being in sales. If you don't love what you're promoting, people are going to see right through you. Mm-hmm. The authenticity and the energy behind it, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so if I'm talking about entrepreneurship, like you can obviously tell, this is a passion of mine, mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship is, you know, literally being a bridge between solving problems and being the person with the creative idea or solution for those problems. Mm-hmm. So again, entrepreneurship is not like something you learn entrepreneurship is a mindset you're you're an entrepreneur but you have that entrepreneur crazy crazy mindset mm-hmm. so this this notion of helping others and wanting to solve you know worldly problems was recognized when i felt like i could create change and impact with like one bag at a time Right. Mm -hmm. The testimonials would come in. We we love this. You're catering to, you know, a community that couldn't eat any other granola. Are you finally you've made health food delicious? And and I was serving a need. So, of course, you know, the more positive feedback you get, the more this fuels you to keep going. And even on those tough days when you don't feel like going, people are like, you know, we need this in our lives. Please you know, continue. So, and I, I know myself, I am one of those people whose love languages is words of affirmation. And if people keep giving me that affirmation, that is motivation enough for me to keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and when I feel supported, if I, if I joined like a mastermind group and no one was listening to me, hearing me, supporting my ideas, I'd be like, what am I doing here? So I created my own support system of other entrepreneurs where I could bounce ideas off of. So all of this service came back to me like a hundredfold. Sometimes there were points where I was like, am I doing this for money? And I wasn't. I, I actually realized I was doing this so that I could get the connection that I craved. Mm-hmm. And I did this by serving others and by mm-hmm. helping others, knowing that I don't need anything back from the people that I am helping, but in other ways, it does come back to me. Absolutely. And I something that's coming up for me a little bit with, with what I hear you say is you have this, this enthusiasm to promote things that are that you find are good in your life and things that you enjoy. And you know, you only promote what is authentic to you and you think will benefit others. And it's almost naturally. I can see it in your energy alone. If for anyone who's watching, you can see you light up when you kind of get into these, when you you start (laughs) answering these questions, but it's almost like there's something where you've reached the level of, you know what this life can provide. And I've talked about this with with other people as well of, uh, I, I mentioned in the first episode where it's just me introducing myself about how I get to a point where just recently I learned how 
how, what enjoying, just enjoying life actually feels like. And I don't know, you know, it sounds simple, but I honestly don't know how many people truly enjoy life. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who don't. And kind of what I'm hearing you say a little bit is you have found that and you are like in a way helping others. You are also, you're, you're so passionate about that and enthusiastic about it. It's like, I can't not, right? (laughs) I can't. exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of the vibe that I get from you is it's like, the impression I get is it's almost like I can't even answer this question. It's just, how can I not, you know, how can I not help people like this? Life is good. And I've found a way to find happiness in my life. And the automatic response to that is help others to do the same. Well, Joe, what, what is really baffling to me and I've had to ask myself this question is if I'm here saying, you know, I have this program, I have the key that's going to give you so much clarity and so much power in your life. And literally, if that's all I said, not everyone is going to reach out and grab it. Mm -hmm. And, and so I wondered like, why wouldn't people do that? If you had this, you know, magic, let's call it like a spell that said, this will help your life be so amazing and have the dream life and anything and everything that you could ever want or dream of. Why wouldn't you take it? And what I realized was, or what came to me was, it's really scary because if you've been living your entire life in this comfort zone and you've got to take this leap of faith not knowing what is on the other side of it, even with the promise of heaven on earth, um, it's still very scary because people have this internal dialogue of, do I deserve it? What's it going to take? Do I have enough information? And all of these blocks and false beliefs that, no, it's not for me. Or the fear that, if I accept this key that I'm going to actually have to do something about it and I'm going to have to change my ways and I might lose people in my life and people might think I'm weird or my relationship might end or my family might disown me. There's so much fear that is stuck in people's minds. So that's why they don't take it because that fear overrides the dream and the possibility that it could be amazing. And that's where I feel like it's so unfortunate is, um, you know, we only want to work with people who are coachable and who are willing to extend their hand and meet you halfway. Cause you're not going to, we're not going to do the work for them. Mm-hmm. They're just going to have to say, yes, I accept. Yeah. And, you know, to get to that point, And again, in a recent conversation about how from my own personal experience, we have to get to a place personally where the desire to change becomes greater than the desire to stay the same. So you have to be ready and you you make such a great point. And there's so many reasons, I think, to not to discredit anyone for maybe not taking action, but from a, mm. how we think, how our brains work. Like I, I wrote a whole book and I, you know, I, I just listened to The War of Art and he talks and I, I'm trying to, 
Oh, the art of war. No, this is actually the, it's actually oh. the, it's a different one. Yeah. But it talks about procrastination and resistance and it's, it's yeah. for writers, but it works like it's a bestseller for right. entrepreneurs. And I, I hope I'm saying this correctly. I want to say Stephen Pressfield's the author, but he talks about having written two books and then like at, at 99% just threw them both in the bin. I did that with a book about mindset and how I think, and this is one of, I think, a million reasons for why people might not move forward. I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot, mm. there's so many reasons for it. But I'd love to know. Um, it, this one in particular, my thoughts are, that our brain isn't built for growth. It's built to protect us. And I, there's, mm-hmm. Joseph, I think it's Joseph Murphy. I've read a lot of his work who's great about the mind and the brain and how the, how the brain works and, and you are not your brain. And I think the, there's a battle between our higher self and our brain because when we want to grow, we're pushing out of the comfort zone and the brain, that scares the brain and it wants to keep us mm-hmm. comfortable. It doesn't see that we're wanting to become better human beings. And that's where a lot of self-sabotage comes in and, and very powerful self-limiting beliefs. And I think overcoming that mindset is extremely important. Having people to fami- who are like, I'm an NLP, licensed NLP practitioner. So when oh, I, co- yeah. <laughs> like coaching people, it's powerful to help them see that perspective of it. Like there's nothing wrong with you and almost setting them up ahead of time that as we embark on this journey together, you're going to face resistance. And this is simply meaning that you're progressing. It's you are stepping out of your comfort zone, which is where you want to go. And your brain doesn't like that because the unknown is scary. Even though it's beautiful, it's scary. So it's going to, you know, it's not going to beat you up when you and I are on the phone on a coaching call, having a great conversation. It's going to be on Sunday night. In between. (laughs) Absolutely. When you're totally beat down and then, you know, oh, don't worry about waking up and exercising or whatever. It's going to get you when you're low. And... Yeah, so that's been a big one that I've been learning is mindset and how to how to overcome that. I also believe in the timing of things, yeah. right? Oh, like I'm- perhaps they have to do one or two more years of personal development before they're ready to take on the information that we're going to share with them. Yeah. So readiness, timeliness, divine timing, all things like that. I've had people say, you know, I've been wanting to work with you for a while, but I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I, again, from personal experience, I'm the exact same way. It took me, yeah. just to even talk about spirituality and personal development, I, it took me, it was a, you know, a process that I had to, had to travel alone. And it was, uh, I needed that self-awareness and to be by myself to, to get to that place. And yeah, I, I can totally... Time, yeah, timing is so important. There's there's so many elements to it, and just and yeah, being ready is so huge. But I'm learning lots about you too. I didn't know you wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, the book I have now is the Chosen Ones, which is about purpose, and that's also the right. name of the the podcast. Uh, I just I love it. It's just a little one, but yeah, I, that was something I wrote a while ago <laughs> in the early days of my personal development because I'm very I love learning about mindset and the brain and all these things. But Ooh, the chosen ones already like intrigues me. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. It was called. It was. It was originally called Discover Your Purpose, and last minute, I was watching the. There's a document on Netflix right now called The Defiant Ones, and it's about oh. D- Dr. Dre. Have you seen it? No. Okay, it's about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, who's the creator of the record label, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Iovine is. He's just this in like he's he's an empower. He empowers musicians. He was like. He started Nine Inch Nails and said, you know, let Trent Reznor mm-hmm. just do his own thing. 
And he was the guy who, and he was talking to everyone on the label all hours of the night. And just this incredible human being that really cared about people and pushed them to be themselves and be more. And I was laying on the couch watching this and the book had, was finished. And I thought, I went to bed and the next day I woke up I, and I thought the chosen ones. And that name just popped in my head. And, and I changed it. The, the, the cover was already done and I changed it. And the number one feedback I've had from that book from everyone is they love the title. And it just happened last minute. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Perfect. We could go on forever here. I know how busy you are. I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. There's two more things that I want to try to get across here before um, before I let you start your early weekend, hopefully. But <laughs> first one is I, I want to give you an opportunity to share with us, where, first of all, where to find you and, and what you're up to. And if you, there's anything you want to share and plug if, for what's up and coming. But before I do that, I want to ask if you have a note for anyone who might be where you once were in the sense of a young entrepreneur, not not young in the sense of age, but just a young entrepreneur, n- new to the game, maybe just you know at the fork in the road of wanting more in their life and taking that step. Any advice, or even that you would have given yourself at that time, that you want to share with anyone who could be listening? And I say could be because we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there could be you, your mom, and your sister. Yeah. Any advice um, for so my mother? I would tell them. Yeah, yeah. for my nine-year-old nephew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just because they're family. Um, okay, there, there's definitely things I would say to not do. Ooh, I like the um, twist. Yeah, not to do, but what to not do is give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. You're going to, and this is inevitable, whatever you're going to call it, I called it you know, the dark night of the soul. And when you get to that point, like that super low point, you think you hit rock bottom. Well, guess what? You can go lower than rock bottom. I actually had opportunities to recreate rock bottom and it looked differently every time. So I don't think there's only one rock bottom for people. There's going to be multiple rock bottoms. So just a heads up and it's going to look differently. And you know how there's that movie Groundhog Day. You you know, you're going to do the same thing over and over again, except you're going to change that one thing. So every time I hit rock bottom, I looked for answers outside of myself. I distracted Ah. myself. I went to workshops. I spent a whole bunch of money. I made probably friends with the wrong people. I was just on this eternal search for anything, anything that could get me out of this pit, anything that would make me feel better. And for some people, it's going to turn into an addiction, right? They're going to turn towards alcohol or drugs or shopping or overspending or gambling. And that's going to be the band-aid, So I want to tell people is don't look for that Band-Aid. You got to just sit there in the pit of it and don't judge yourself for being there. Because if you do, you're going to want to snap out of it and get out of it as quickly as you can. And I'm here to tell you there is no due date for you to do that. It's got to happen in your own time in your own way, not how other people tell you to snap out of it, but you're gonna uncover for yourself 
when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And all of these answers are going to be internal. All of the answers that you're looking for outside of yourselves in drugs, in alcohol, in addictions is not sustainable. It's going to lead you through a, to a darker place. So, so here's what you do do <laughs> instead of doing all that. Um, you sit there and you sit in the shit and you sit in the mud until you are okay with being there. When you can tell yourself, I'm in this place, it sucks, and I'm going to be okay. And when you are in that stillness, in the bottom of the valley of fear, in the valley of darkness, the answer on what to do next is going to come to you. And I just talked about this yesterday. I said, imagine you are in this really dark place and this happens to be at a rock concert. And I can tell you love music. So if you're at a Nine Inch Nails rock <laughs> concert, no, that's a bad analogy because it wouldn't happen, right? No, it would. Absolutely it would. Yeah, I'm going okay, with it. I'm, I'm thinking of another rock star that is no longer there. So you wouldn't be at that concert. Okay. So imagine you're Nine Inch Nails concert and you're feeling like horrible. And there's a little voice inside that's way back at the arena in the Coliseum trying to tell you how to get out of this dark pit. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I can't even hear it. I'm so distracted by all this noise, by the other people bumping against me and all of these like shiny objects that are keeping me from hearing that voice way in the back of the room that's trying to tell me something. So you're already in the pit. It's quiet. Start listening. Start listening to that guidance. Start listening to that inner voice, whether it's the voice of God, whether it's the voice of the universe, whether it's the voice of your higher self. Maybe it's an angel. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But it's going to be soft and quiet, as quiet as a whisper. And the only way you can hear that whisper is when you get quiet and you get still. And then you're going to feel okay. You're going to be, you're not going to judge yourself in this place that you're in. And you're like going to stop beating yourself up for getting you there in the first place. Then you're going to take inspired action. And that action is not going to become from a place of distraction or running away or sweeping it under the rug. It's going to come from a place of inspiration and you're going to feel it in your body and it's going to motivate you to get out of bed on those days you don't want to get out and actually do something about it. Wow. And this is how you respond. <laughs> that is. It's going to lead you to the right place, the right people, the bookstore. Books are going to fly off the shelf. You know, serendipity is going to be working at its finest synchronicity, the universal algorithms. It's going to respond because you took that first step. That is fantastic. <laughs> that is such incredible advice. It, as you were saying that, I could relate it to what I have recently went through and have learned that to be to everything that you said to be very true. In the sense of not even looking from like you mentioned drugs and alcohol, and I learned those same lessons of distracting myself with those things for pretty much my entire life until I've. I just said on the last podcast, I feel like I'm three years old because it's been three years of learning who I am. And it was 30 years of mm. distraction and not 
paying attention to my emotions and what who what I want as a human being and all these things. Um, unhealthy distractions. Super unhealthy distractions. Now, I also want to say the same thing about the inner voice and the intuition from from just quickly from my experience in with personal development, which was and essentially how to give my inner voice a little bit more room to speak because my first couple of years into personal development, I buried myself as most people do. Tony Robbins was my, you know, the first book and the first podcast. And then <laughs> I, you know, I got licensed as an NLP practitioner, certified CBT practitioner, certified life coach, uh, mm. all these different positive psychology practitioners. Like I, I, I just, that addictive personality, I put it into something good and I, and I went off the rails. Okay. Now, It got to a point where one day, and I won't forget this, I was taking online courses, read, I had three or four books. I was reading a book a week for almost a year. And one day I was reading a book, actually I was listening to a book in the car and I was driving to, I was heading downtown and I stopped, I grabbed the phone and I turned it off and I said, I don't, I don't need it anymore. And what I had realized was I knew that everything was already inside of me. And I had to get to a point where I heard these things so many times that it gave me the confidence the whole time by, by looking outward in for these other things, what I was doing was I was building confidence in myself to trust my own intuition. And eventually now I'm at a point where I don't do like what I was just saying, like, I, I don't really go down rabbit. I, I know I, there's a whole nother world ahead of me where I will be back in that place. But currently I don't read a lot of books. I, I do always, I'm always reading a book, but just, you know, mostly out of fun, but I don't really do the online courses because the, the answers yeah. that I need are in me and I need to yeah. sit in meditation. I need to drive. I need to go for early mor- morning walks and I need to ask myself the questions because we have to be authentic with how we do things. And I can't do something a way that I hear how someone else does it in a book. And I think the big secret is with anything, sales, marketing, our purpose, only we know the answer to these things. And we have to do it in a way that feels right to us. And people feel that. You can you can try to lie. If you cold call people and you're not a cold caller, people feel that. If you cold call and you love talking to people on the phone, then you're going to sell anything. So it's really about finding that inner voice. And I just really respect you saying that because that's held up so true in my own life. So that is, that is incredible, incredible advice for someone. Now we got to wrap this thing up here. You're, you're giving me the look of like, Hey, you said, you said this was going to be an hour. No, no, Joe, (laughs) I have nothing else scheduled. Funny enough, my afternoon opened up and I'm I can't even express how valuable this opportunity is. Like, first of all, I'm so honored to be your first guest <laughs> because you. that's huge because um, you had a sea of people to choose from. But it's an opportunity to introduce myself from a new light. And my website has like, you know, maybe five or six podcasts, but that was a version of me that is no longer. I mean, the essence of me is still there, but I'm talking about different things from a different place mm-hmm. compared to today. And this whole week of presentations that I've done on, on other summits and conferences are also very validating for me because I'm not just throwing fluff out there. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm throwing stuff out that I truly believe. And if it lands for people and if you agree with it, this is 
also encouragement for me to keep doing what I do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a two-way street, Joe. Yeah, and, and we all need that. <laughs> I mean, the most successful and confident people in the world, everyone has self-limiting beliefs and they have times where they they need that reassurance from people and and no, there isn't one person who, who doesn't need that. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying about that. And I spent, and going back to the whole niching down and what's your why, and you have to be more specific and more specific. Again, when I listened to myself and what was important to me, I realized I'm not, that I can't put myself in a title. I've tried to put, I tried to be a performance coach. I tried to be a purpose coach. I tried to be a, a transformation coach. I tried to be these things, but there's no title that fit me. And now when I feel like I'm thriving and the happiest and most passionate I've ever been, I'm volunteering, I'm youth coaching, I'm purpose coaching, I'm involved in activism. And it's like, I'm this, I'm a, my purpose is the same with making an impact and helping people, but I'm doing that in so many different ways. And I think one of the ways that I've found, a, or or I should say, maybe clients have found very refreshing in, in one of the approaches I take is, I, I totally throw away the whole fit the template idea. And it's about, it's all about you. If you, you don't have to have a specific niche. You can be a complex individual. You can be passionate about real estate and coaching and activism and baseball and baking. And, you know, if that's you, it's all about where, you know, who you are and what you, if you are specific, fantastic. If you're not, don't put yourself in that place. And so I just think like you saying, I'm, it's giving you an opportunity to kind of talk on these different topics that you're passionate about talking about and also learning a little bit more about you on a deeper level, which is refreshing for me to hear. Cause that's the whole reason I'm doing this show is to give people an opportunity to learn not just the granola girl story or the success story, but who is, who is the human being? Because we're all the same people. We're all the same. We're all one. So if you can do it, we're all stardust. We're all stardust. We're all star seeds. <laughs> to end on a great note. <laughs> well, there's so much. Like I, when you were talking about your books, like I'm, you know, I have I have your um, your signature on your email right now, and you you talk about purpose and impact, and those those must be like key words for you. And for me, it's passion and purpose. And you can't niche passion, right? Like you want to help passionate people. Well, everyone should be passionate about something, but what we do when we're serving passionate people is give them tools um, so that whatever they're passionate about can be transferable Mm -hmm. to anything. So I don't have to be an expert on baseball or sports, but if we're an expert in passionate and we're living passionate lives, surely it can be translated into whatever industry they're in. So if mm-hmm. you're like, I only help personal trainers and I only help help coaches and I only help entrepreneurs, it's like, well, don't you think the tools that we're teaching and these steps that we're implementing can really be applied to anyone? Ab- I absolute, think so. Absolutely. So how do you niche that? Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, yeah, it, for coaching for me, it, w- it came down to mindset. And if you can change your perspective and your mindset in this area, you can do it in any area. And same with, purpose coaching and coaching youth. I'd use the same tools. I have to be a little bit more energetic and, and jump around a little bit more with, with <laughs> and use their lingo and use their lingo. And you know, I'm good with that. I got the hoodie on and the, the Nikes and you know, that's, that's <laughs> nothing new for me. 
but yeah, absolutely. It's just about how, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think we are complex people and to be this whole thing of niching down and being specific, I, I'm, I'm not for it. It was a huge hurdle for me for, for years of, of hearing so many people say that. And I just got to, a, oh, yeah. I just got to a point in my business where I'm learning this advice from all of these coaches and not a lot of these coaches are successful. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah, create exactly. my own roadmap and, you know, find a hey, blue Joe, ocean. Let's yeah. be the anti-niche coaches. Anti, yeah, anti-niche. <laughs> That's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> anti-niche. Anti-niche, Like yeah. anti-anything that everyone else is teaching. Anti- <laughs> That's yeah. not working. And Anti-unauthenticity, mm-hmm. right? Essentially of just whatever feels right. Trust your gut. It's the yeah. most important lesson I've learned in my entire life is give myself that. Save your own way. Yeah, be confident in myself and what my my body's telling me. This is cool. And can you tell me Masters of Life Society? There's like more to your titles. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's the umbrella. That's That was my coaching business from mm. day one. Um, I launched that in 2018. Uh, personal development. I was in pers- like personal training and nutrition and building a healthy lifestyle, meditation, journaling, affirmations, um, like lifestyle coaching at that time. And there's just something about that name that's always stuck with me. So that's just kind of like, like again, with the complexity of my life, there's so many different roads I'm on, but everything fits under that umbrella for me. So everything's about life and, and mastering our lives and being successful in our lives, whatever that means to us, however subjectively we, we define that, that term. Um, so in saying all of this, what a pleasant conversation. I had no, no idea that we were going to, that it was going to be this enjoyable. Sometimes you don't know because you don't meet, meet people. But I loved it. Yeah, fantastic conversation. We've already been getting along well on social media. You're just a very personable person. <laughs> and We're best friends now BFFs. after like one day. Yeah, absolutely. You could have been millionaires. You've been giving me <laughs> helpful resources uh, for some people I've reached out for clothing. How can people get a hold of you and is there anything you want to share? Do you have anything, any courses, any launches coming up or, but definitely how to reach you yeah. as well? Yeah, I am very accessible on Facebook. Yeah, a lot of whatever I'm offering because it's constantly changing. Yeah. <laughs> as you know, as there's always are. like a workbook to be written and mm-hmm. a course to teach. And I love speaking as well. So I love like these kind of invitations and sharing the knowledge, right? I mean, that's what it's there for is, you know, find your gifts and share it with others. So the program that I am certified to teach is called Discover Your Sacred Gifts. And for me, this is the foundation to finding and feeling on purpose. When you can identify what your gifts are, we then plug it into a formula called the Feel on Purpose Formula which again, I feel like this is the formula. This is the key to uncover what it is you're passionate about. What can you turn into a business? What is going to be the vehicle you can get it into the world? And who do you want to serve? Like, you're right. You can't serve everyone. You can't heal the entire world. But who do you want to work with? And who are the people that light you up? Mm -hmm. So we talk about that. I take you through a process. Um, it's kind of like a multi-level. So you can start with one call. It turns into four. It might be a 10-week program that you sign up with me called The Optimistic Entrepreneur. And so find me on Facebook, on Instagram. Again, it's the same, April May Bellia. But I also created this Instagram account just full of positivity 
Positive quotes and optimism. So when you are, you know, needing a little bit of perk in your life, follow the optimistic soul and your feed will be just, you know, these, these positive quotes to help you keep going and know that there is support out there and you don't have to do this alone. So whether it's Joe or me or any other coach or Tony Robbins, or I don't know if he needs more business, <laughs> but there are coaches out there and there's a multitude who are going to fit your personality, right? Like, just think about it. If you're going to be coaching with someone for 10 weeks, you got to like their voice. Mm-hmm. You got to like their personality. You want to be looking forward to the calls and not be like, oh no, I have to listen for an hour. Cause you know, sometimes maybe even the tone isn't a match yeah. and that's okay too. To reject someone because the energy is not meeting yours is okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't take any hard feelings over that. In fact, I understand because that's probably a person who I'm not meant to work with. Mm-hmm. But for those who feel this pull and attraction to, I like what she's saying. I like how she says it. I like the energy she brings to the call and the enthusiasm that I might need in my life. Then we know it's a match. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I think it's a feeling. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. And we all have our own audience. And uh, exactly. yeah, I, I totally. And I'm not for everyone, right? Perhaps I'm a little too optimistic. Yeah. And I've been told that. Yeah. <laughs> so no, absolutely. I'm not going to tone it down to fit other people. Right. But other people definitely need to be uplift, uplifted too. Yeah. Okay. So April, May, Belia on Facebook. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And Instagram, Mystic, Optimistic Soul. And mystic, yeah, the I the optimistic soul. Yeah, the optimistic yeah. soul with mystic is an M Y S T I C. There's a you got the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mystical element there, and yeah, I'm I've got a book coming out. I've co-authored a book called Pursuit 365 that's coming out on International Women's Day on March 8, and that's 365 stories of 365 other Canadian women in 365 words. So, oh, wow. um, you know, we'll put a link to that or I'll definitely be promoting it. But good things to come, Joe. I'm Absolutely. excited for both of us. Absolutely. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure. Well, I know we'll be I'll be well, I'm going to be following up with you as soon as we <laughs> turn this recording yeah. off here. Um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So you have such an incredible journey ahead of you and you've just accomplished such great things and you're, you know, make sure you're sharing that wisdom with all of us. We need to hear that stuff. So, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you later. Ciao. (laughs) Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Chosen Ones. If you did, if you could leave me a five-star review, it would mean the world to me. I know life is busy, so I truly appreciate you taking the time. Please also feel free to subscribe and share. You can learn more about me at mastersoflifesociety.com, where you can also find The Chosen Ones book and podcast as well as on my YouTube channel, Masters of Life Society, where you can find the videos of these episodes as well as my social media shorts. And you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Joseph Richard Powell. Thank you so much for your support. I love y'all.